up, y'all? In this episode of the Kingdom Vision Podcast, me and Brandon come together to talk about how to take your first steps in having a relationship with God. And if you really don't know how to do this or what it means to have a, a relationship with God, this is the episode for you. So just stay to the end, get all the details, and God bless y'all. Here with my co-host, Brayden Harris. Uh, how you feeling, Brayden? Fantastic. I'm just ready for another day of uh, podcasting. It's yeah, we were supposed to have a little guest on here today, but unfortunately, he couldn't make it. We'll have to get him on again. We kind of liked how our last setup went, you know, yeah. um, with the interview format. So we're going to try to stick to that, but it's just me, me and Brayden here today. Yeah, shout out to Isaiah. We'll, uh, we'll get you on, though. So, all's good. Uh, with that being said, today we're going to be talking about, you know, how to have a relationship with God. You know, a lot of times we have, we have trouble taking that first step in our relationship or that first step in our faith. So we really want to hit on that today. And if anybody out there is struggling with, you know, they, they, they believe in God, they know God is real. Where do I go from here? This is the episode for you. So yeah, that being simple, um, we'll just get into it. So the first topic, what are the first steps, like I just said, what are the first steps in having a relationship with God? Um, and for me, what I put down is it's simple. It is to start reading and to do what the Bible says. Um, there is no magic answer. There is no secret recipe to go about this. It's simple. You open the book, his word that he gave us, and you just start to read. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was... Uh talk about this and i don't even know if i've said this on a previous podcast but a lot of people i'm not gonna say a lot a few people are like man i just i can't hear the lord i can't hear the lord and i'm like if you're struggling with hearing the lord open up his book full of his words you know what i mean god made it pretty simple for us so uh the main thing is because it's full it says that every scripture is breathed out by god so that's so important for us to get in his word and just uh, go into his mind, you know, go into his heart because you see that his word, you can see God's mind and heart on it, on every part of it, you know. 100%. And, uh, you know, a big thing for me is I hear people or someone close to me actually had one time said that they just don't understand or, or they get discouraged when they don't understand what they're reading, which is a big part of it because, you know, there's theologians mm-hmm. out there and then there's average Joes who aren't very smart and then there's in between you know there's people of all intellects who are Christians right so the main point I'm trying to make is you don't get discouraged if you don't understand something the point is to pursue God you don't become a Christian by obtaining X amount of knowledge or obtaining whatever you grow in your faith by pursuing and pursuing means not knowing all the time and it means just Yes. To re- literally just open the Bible and read. That's literally the simplest way I can put it, and that's the the easiest way to get your relationship with God better. Yeah, I uh, an important thing for me was I was, my first couple months, I would just read, and it felt like I was just running into a wall and running into a wall, and eventually I just felt like it reached a spot where things just started connecting, and I kind of broke through that wall, and uh so if you're really in your first couple of months and you're just struggling with, with the word, continue to fight through it and uh, get into some easy stuff to really settle you in. I, uh, I started in Proverbs, and 
um, it's really cut and dry and it lets you uh, it really applies very easily to what we deal with so um, there's some easy books out there Ecclesiastes Proverbs Colossians you think Ecclesiastes is easy <clears throat> easy easy to apply to you yeah I feel like I mean you because it's just talks about everything that there is in the world and that it's pretty you know there's nothing that can fill us on the earth see you know that that's one example of you know different intellects you know brain thinks one way i think another way you know i might not open ecclesiastes but ecclesiastes is easy for him Mm -hmm. the main point is just to open and read you know Mm -hmm. that that's this is a perfect example of people who think differently whatever but um um i was about to say something um oh yeah most people open the bible to genesis like the first page and read to front uh, cover to cover right that is not the way to go about reading the bible you know genesis is a great chapter and it's a great way to start reading it but then shortly after you know you get to genesis like i mean i think the whole book of genesis is a good read but shortly after they get to the king uh book of kings yeah. samuel uh yeah i mean that's hard reading you know there's I mean? nothing uh i mean if you feel like the lord's imploring you to do so go right for it i think it's important that we get a good grasp of the gospels um, pretty early on, I think that it um, to just hear Jesus talk and what Jesus went through—that's um, obviously what our whole faith is based on. Um, the Old Testament stuff is outstanding, obviously, but uh, it'll just probably make really it made a lot more sense in the Old Testament once I really kind of learned about the heart of of God by sending His Son through the Gospels. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a major key. Is you know. I always tell people to open up and start in the book of Matthew because the book of Matthew is the story of Jesus. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Gospels, right? Um, the goal to be of the goal of Christians is to be the most like Jesus we can. You know, Christians, like you said once before. Um, so read what Jesus is teaching, and then that's how you become sanctified or more like Jesus. Um, specifically, so we talked about. In the last five minutes or so about reading the Bible, like that's the first step to growing your relationship with God. Um, but specifically, John fourteen fifteen says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commands." Right. So this idea of, you know, reading the Bible, not just to read it to to become a better person, or this idea that you know this is just some wisdom of that you can just you know pick and choose and take, you know, that it can give you some edge over other people. Yeah. Um, I definitely, <laughs> I have a friend that said the same thing, that whenever he read the, he even read the Bible, um, he even read the Bible when he wasn't following the Lord, and just to kind of gain a, a hand over him, over other people, and like, mm, Satan knows the word too. So. It's, it's almost like a, a philosophy thing, like Aristotle, you know, the Bible is kind of known as one of those great writings in history. Yes, um, exactly. You know, and even non-believers get tatted on their bodies, these seemingly interesting or intellectual Bible verses on their body to seem to look cool or advance themselves, you mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. so, um, but specifically it says in John fourteen fifteen, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And then skip down a couple verses to John fourteen twenty one. whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I, and I too will love and show myself to them. So, this raises the idea of, you know, 
how do I grow with my relationship to God? Okay, first step, just open the Bible and read, right? Well, when you start reading, you come across commands by Jesus and things that Jesus says, Jesus says, right? And this raises the picture, John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. This raises the picture like, okay, if we claim to be Christians, if we um, are pursuing God with the intent and not being, not kidding ourselves that we really want to become better Christians and better followers of Jesus, we have to do what Jesus is saying, right? Yeah, we have to apply the word. Exactly. So this is kind of the idea of repentance, which, man, I'm emphasizing my P's. Something about my P's, man. You know, yeah, just, I can hear my, I can hear my <laughs> earphones, man. It's kind of bugging me. Anyways, um, this idea of repentance is very deep, but the idea of it is, if we love Jesus, we will obey him that's exactly what this scripture says we will obey his word and it even you know john piper really preaches on this pretty well and he says it better than i did but i was watching a sermon he even goes as far to say is like okay this is a if then statement you know if you love him then you will do this right so if you don't do the thin statement then the if isn't there so if you if you're not keeping his commands then you don't really love him like you claim to love him yeah, that's a tough Which is a uh, really eye opener. You know, he it opened my eyes because, you know, I was even for a while in my walk, you know, picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a clear list of commands. Yes. and That's uh, literally exactly in your first two steps in which I didn't even go over what um, these two first, first two steps before we started this podcast. So this is a little bit uh, surprising. But literally these first two te- steps are what completely changed my life for the better. I, um, a year ago, there was no person, no preacher that, um, that just completely shifted me or evangelist. There's no one. And, uh, not that there wasn't amazing people in my life that had poured into my life that I just didn't listen to. I, but what saved me, I got in the word and I listened to it. I said, okay, I'm going to listen to it this time. And it was like my eyes, the scales fell off of my eyes and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a, is this the same book I've been hearing about? Like this, this applies to me. It hit hit me in the heart for the first time, and I put those words in my heart. And uh, so I just that was what changed me. Um, that just listening and being obedient. And uh, now that I look back, even before then, I was I was I believed that I was a believer. I believed this, but. If I'm not really trying to do what he's saying, then now that I look back, I really wasn't, I wasn't following God. I wasn't, I didn't pick up the cross and follow him. So that was a, that was a lie. Yeah. Um, there's this idea that kind of bugs me and I fell into it. You fell into it. You know, many people who think they're Christians who may or may not fully believe what the Bible is preaching fall into this trap of diluting what the word of God says um, you know, sex before marriage is a sin. Okay, you know, sometimes whatever. No, it's blatantly a sin. You know, he lists out right and wrongs with no exceptions. But we have a problem in our society. You know, like we're Christian. You know, we're, we're, let's just be a good person. Let's dilute what the word says. Yes. That's a big problem. Yeah, um, and obviously none of us are good according to his word. Okay, here's where the thing is. So for the world standards we can be good people but whenever we hold ourselves to god's standard which is the standard then we're all bad it's just the heart's motive in stopping these repeated sins you will fall short 
but it's a matter of bringing these things to light before you do first off and then even if you do repent turn from that stuff and continue your walk in in your pursuit of righteousness with god 100 percent um i'm gonna tell y'all some glaring statistics right now and i did this for a school project at a&m um in a public speaking course and this is what i did my my speech over and it really opened my eyes um so the first step to growing your relationship with God, like we've been talking about, this is what this whole podcast is over. First step is to read in your Bible. How much does reading your Bible have an impact on your relationship? Well, I'm about to tell you. So, according to Rob D. Martin, I'm citing my sources because I've, if there's one thing I was taught in college, it's to cite your source. You know, so blame him if you get mad at me. Rob D. Martin is his name. Um, in the study, in his study, Bible reading dramatically changes behavior. Nine out of ten people in America own a Bible, but only between a fifth and a quarter read it one to three days per week. So out of 90% of people in America who own a Bible, only between 20 and 25% read it between zero and three days per week. Uh, rewind it if you have to hear that again. Um, so then just 15% of people read it four days a week or more. So 20 to 25% read it three days a week or less. Only 15% of Americans read their Bible four days a week or more. Controlling other factors such as age, uh, sex, church, attendance, and so forth, you know, controlling those variables. Of the people who, okay, let me, let me collect my thoughts because this is big. This is big, okay. Um, so, okay, of the people who read their Bible four days a week or more, so those 15% of Americans who read their Bible four days a week or more, of those people, 57% were less likely to get drunk, 61% less likely to use pornography, 68% less likely to engage in sex outside of marriage, 74% less likely to gamble, 228% more likely to share their faith, 231% more likely to disciple another person, 407% more likely to memorize a scripture. And that was people who read their Bible four days a week or more. That's not to say that you only read your Bible four days a week, whatever. But that just shows how greatly reading your Bible actually changes your life when you receive God's word. And, okay, so it says more likely or less likely. More likely or less likely than what? If you read your Bible three days a week or less, this study showed that you are no different statistically than people who read their Bible zero days a week or more. So it says, okay, 228% more likely to share their faith. More likely than who? The three days a week people, right? They are just the same as non-believers, basically. They, there's, like, no change. That's That's shocking. insane, right? That's shocking. That's shocking. I'm going to have to start reading more than four days a week, it looks like. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My really, gosh. it's, um, it is, I mean, it's the very essence of what we believe in. It all comes, <laughs> our belief system is all from his word, from the gospels. Um, so make that your key. Make that your, it's supposed to be your living bread and, um, you're supposed to eat it every day. So um, I'm not going to say that you're saying because you didn't read your Bible for one day, but I'm saying that make it a point. Make it a point when you wake up to get in the Word before you do anything else. It will it will change your day. I know it changes mine. No, that just like that just literally blows my mind. The fact that nine out of ten Americans own a Bible, but mm. we know not nine out of ten Americans are going to make it to heaven. Why? Because not nine out of ten people even read their Bible. They're probably sitting in the attic, sitting under a pile of books. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it just shows how much 
actually consuming God's word will change your life because you can't. Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing the word and the words about God. So the only way to have faith is to be hearing it or receiving it from somewhere. You can't just become all of a sudden a Christian if you're not receiving information from the source. It's like this. I use an analogy and I use this in my public speech. It's probably why I got an A. But um, this idea of so I'm gonna give you directions to my house. Right, I'm telling my friend I'm gonna tell Brayden how to get to my house. So you're gonna go. I'm not going to give real directions because I don't want people showing up to my house. Let me think. Um, so I'm, let's say I'm in College Station. I'm going to say, hey, get on Wellborn. You're going to drive five minutes. You're going to take a right at the second light. You're going to drive down straight, take a left at the third stop sign, and you're at my house. Well, then what if Braden says, no, I'm going to get on six, go south for 25 minutes until I feel like getting off. Um, I'm going to get off at the third exit, take a right, and I'll be at your house. Well, I'll be like, Brayden, you're you're insane. Like, I just told you the directions. How do you expect to get to my house if you're not listening to the directions? Like, you're not going to get there. I'll be like, you're psycho, right? Point being, the Bible is the exact same way. The Bible gives you directions, and, and it's basically an instruction ma manual on how to get to heaven. And who are we to say, you know, that sounds good and all, but I'm going to do it my way and... We'll see how it works out. You're psycho. Like, you're a psycho. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's crazy. It really is. That's wild. I have a um, scripture. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Pretty simple there. Um, we can't conform. be conformed to this world. We have to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. So, regardless... Whatever process that we start this process at, um, whether no matter how many things that is, um, I know whenever um, I first came to the Lord, there were a few things that I dropped right off the bat that it was obvious. Um, uh, there was the sexual sins, you know, willfully lying, um, stealing, you know, all those things. I cut out immediately because it's very plain and simple and cut. And then God could work on the rest of me. He started taking out things that uh, weren't quite as obvious that I had idolized. Um, I'd idolized, for instance, um, working out and having caffeine before workouts. That doesn't mean that, I, and now, now that I'm at a certain point in my walk, I have caffeine before my workouts but it was for a time God convicted me so I think uh, it's just important that we fully take uh -uh. in the obvious conviction so that God can can grow us more and then you can see actual growth because the Lord can work in your heart whenever you have that heart of wanting to be convicted wanting to do what's right wanting to do what's for the Lord yeah that like that just makes me think like okay we're talking about people who are trying to take their first step and having a relationship with God. Okay, there's going to be sin. The Bible, when you read your Bible, will convict your heart of sin. But well, who would have thought, Brayden, you know, f I mean, a year ago, really, that when we became Christians, that we would be worried about caffeine before we work out and not making an idol out of that. Mm -hmm. When you remove the big sins in your life, that's the process of sanctification, which means the process of becoming more and more Christ-like. You remove the big sins out of your life. Okay, then he starts working on the on the medium-sized sin. Okay, then he then you repent of those. Then he starts working and working. Yeah. It's a process. And all of a sudden, you look up 10 years later, and you're like, 
Yeah, and what he's saying isn't that there's sin that is more more than other sin. He's saying that the obvious, right? Like yeah, you're, you're was, pointing to the obvious sins, and then he can, and then God will point you to the less obvious yeah, and less obvious. Like everyone, not that, not that because, like all sins, it says that if you've committed one sin, you've committed them all. You know, yeah. it says that plainly. So, regardless of you know the issues, it's that heart motive to stop, and then God can work on the the stuff that's not so obvious. Yeah, that even the world's like, oh man, like that's a little out there. But it's like you know. That's just a, a part of walking with God. You know, yeah. you separate yourself from the world. Yeah, like he like he finished my sentence basically. But the point being, like, who would have thought me and Braden would be worried about not making idols out of working out? Like, we would not have thought about thinking about that. But God right. sanctifies you over time, and then, like he said, um, once you remove the big rocks, he moves to whatever. Like he explained it perfectly. But next, um, I want to hit on that point again. Like, okay, we're talking about becoming sanctified. Um, you know, this first step of becoming. Are having a relationship with God. Again, I want to hit on the point. Pursuing God doesn't mean knowing everything. Um, you read Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you, will, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. The goal is to come close to God. If you have a heart of just wanting to pursue God, and you have a heart of wanting to know God more, God will come near to you. Mm-hmm. He will not deny you. Like, that's mm-hmm. not, not the idea. So you have to never leave you or for, nor forsake you. Exactly. So, and I, like, it kind of breaks my heart though. Like, one of my friends, you know, they give up when they don't read. Like, when I first came to Christianity, I read the Bible from Matthew to, I mean, I didn't read Revelation. So Matthew to what's Third John? Third John's before Revelation. Yeah, Jude is the last one. Jude. But. I read it from Matthew to Jude. I didn't really have any idea besides the glaring things. What any of it meant, right? So I read it through a second time, a little deeper. Okay, I read it through a first time, you know, didn't remember. But then I'm reading through a second time, and there's things mm. I remember from reading through that hit harder than the first time I read. Then I read through a third time, and things hit even harder. Then I'm starting to actually grasp concepts. And then now, a year later, when I'm fully reading, I'm I'm diving here. Okay, this scripture connects to this scripture. This idea of passage in Matthew is being used in um, Psalms connecting ideas, you know, but I would never have got to this point in my life if I never would have just opened the book and read. Yeah, you know I, I mean? and I implore everybody to, um, when you're struggling with understanding the word, ask God, uh, pray to pray to the Lord about um, where He wants you in. And I've found that mostly when I do that, whenever because God's really He's really going to show up whenever you're being selfless in your your prayer and i'm like god what can i do to grow closer to you what what words i mean what in your word would you do you feel like applies to me most and it was shocking to see how often there would be people come up and i would they would say oh oh i'm reading in this it's really grown me closer or just certain instances like that then that would be like oh okay maybe like god wants me in here then like i'm or, or people praying just answering those prayers and confirming what i was already asking the lord and uh that it just shows that whenever we come in with that heart of wanting to grow closer god is going to be right there and he's going to show us so i implore everybody to god is a personable god he's uh he's here you know he's here right now he sees everything you're going through he sees your thoughts regardless of if you ask him or not so 
I, that would just be more all the reason to ask him and just say, God, where do you want me? What do you want me in? You know, what do you want me reading? Yeah, and, I'm a, sorry to interrupt you, bro, but you're 100% right. But I feel like there's an idea there that people like, for example, like, okay, God, what do you want me to open up to? Oh, Daniel 1. That's the fourth time yeah, this no. week. You know, yeah. like, yeah, you're right. But then at the same time, like, there's ways. Like, okay, so God works through people. Say, you know, God's working through somebody and they're pushing you to read this. You know, maybe God wants you to read that scripture, right? But if you're opening up to the same book and you feel like, you know, God just hoping you open to something convicting, you got to be intentional in the way you read. You Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. There's a difference between... Um, like casting lots and waiting for confirmation casting lots that's random chance you know you don't roll the dice and be like hey god (laughs) you know put me on the right spot no you wait and you uh because god's not gonna in my personal experience god doesn't he's not gonna answer the prayers for me whenever i'm demanding them right there whenever i'm demanding them he wants me to know that he's god and he has the timing and the place for me to have that confirmation uh, planned out and it's not going to be when I want it because we would just be spoiled little kids saying oh god I need it now and then he if he just showed up every time then that would be what that would just make us so so wrong in, in our belief of what God is because um, he's so much more than just someone that shows up when we need like something a genie in a bottle you yeah. know yeah um, we're going to get on that point of prayer in a second but I just want to hit on something this last point about reading the bible um last week we had matt keller on the bible and he really has pushed me farther in you know going deeper into scripture because he told me one time he's like i'm 35 he's been a christian since he was 17 and he's reading the bible relentlessly for all those years of course there's probably dry spells here and there but there's always deeper you can go like there's not this elementary like you can't have this elementary understanding of gospel like okay you know, in Matthew, whatever, he, you know, he he died for my sins, and then, you know, now I just have to live a good life. So now I understand the whole Bible. There's always deeper, you can always go deeper in your understanding. Like, me and Brayden have been studying it for like a year, I would say, like, with, you know, relentless, oh, what's the word, like, just relentlessly pursuing it, right? We're still, like, overturning stones that we previously didn't know there's things though i haven't even really read the old i mean the whole old testament yet um there's just so much deeper you can go so i'd hate for you to quit reading and think you have the gospel mastered and then on top of that me and brain were talking earlier saying that like there's a difference between knowing something and understanding something like for example like you can i was telling brain i was struggling with something the past couple weeks is not getting into a workspace repentance which is pretty confusing but like I knew repentance is just turning from your sin. Well, okay, it took me a year to figure this one thing out about repentance that, you know, I knew the answer the whole time, but it took me a year to fully understand and grasp it and live it out the way God is. You know what I'm saying? There's so much deeper you can go. My point I'm trying to make is don't just stop reading, you know, Jesus died for your sins. Keep pursuing God. You know what I'm saying? Yes. My gosh. (laughs) Like, I, I kind of jumbled my words there a little bit, but the point is, just don't stop reading after you read the gospel one time. Absolutely. Um, and then lastly, I want to talk about like, you know, this idea of how do we take steps to grow a relationship with God or what do we do? A good indicator of your relationship with God is how many times are you praying per day? 
if you're only saying a prayer once a day at night, you're probably relying on yourself too much. You know, you you're supposed to pray throughout the day. You're praying a hundred times. You're not relying on yourself. That's not a, you know a number, specific number you have to hit. But when how much you are praying tells the tale of how much you are depending on yourself or depending on God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're supposed to lean not on our own understanding, and I think that prayer, especially throughout the day, like just kind of being in a conversation um, with God because God's our friend. He's our father. It's, it's, he's everything that uh, we truly need. He's everything that um, ever. So really we need to come to him and by praying to God, that is allowing him into this space, into this issue. And of course, you're not going to always get the result you want, but whenever you get to invite him into a situation oh it just you can always look back and go wow the lord really worked for me in that the lord really worked in that situation and that and it was it was for it definitely grew me spiritually you know 100% and you know you think about jesus jesus was god in the flesh the son of god lived a sinless life he was perfect this Jesus prayed more than anyone else in the Bible and probably more than any of us ever will. He prayed. And in Luke 5, 16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Well, why would he have to pray if he is God? You know, he had a, literally, he had the perfect relationship with God. He was God in the flesh, whatever. He, it's, he had the perfect relationship. And that perfect relationship relied on countless amounts of prayer, mm-hmm. right? And you, you read the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus knew he was about to go to the cross and die for our sins, right? But he's sitting there praying and to the point where he's 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 crying and sweating out blood because he's so stressed. Which, if you didn't know, happened to World War II soldiers when they were so scared, they would sweat droplets of blood. So he's praying to God with so much fear, anxiety, stress, but he's praying knowing he still has to go to the cross. But guess what? He didn't sin. He still did it. And, you know, we're saved because of it, you know. Yeah, it's such a, that's such a good, um, good showing because that shows, that's our example. Whenever we're going through that tough time, that should push us deeper into the, into prayer, deeper into, but he also, and take, if I'm right, he said like, let your will be done. Yeah, he you know, said, "Take I think this that cup is from so, me." I think that is the most important part. I always want to say, "God, your will be done," because my will is just so altered sometimes, and I want God to convict me whenever it is altered and whenever it is wrong. And by just saying, "God, your will be done," that allows the best possible scenario. Not for you, not by the world standards, but the best possible scenario is with God, whatever God's will is, obviously. That's the idea, like, you can be praying for something and something you want so bad, but when it doesn't happen, oh, why, God, why would you do this to me? But we know God is always working for the good of those who love him, even if it doesn't always look that way. So if we're praying for his will to be done, his will is always going to be come about. You know, John Piper said one time jokingly, that when he plays boggle with his wife, he doesn't pray to draw out a cue. He prays that to draw out whatever letter who needs to lose. So if this person needs to lose um, because 
he has a you know a pride problem. Let him lose because he needs to be humbled. Okay, if this person's down and needs some encouragement, you know, let her win. You know, that's how we pray. He doesn't pray like then let me win. Pray. Let your will be done, God. You mm-hmm. know, and it's yeah. it's kind of a joke, but it's not a joke. It's a it's a picture like how you pray for God's will to come about. Yes. Uh, so I have a an instance in Second Corinthians twelve seven. Uh, so it says, so to keep me, this is Paul speaking. He, wow, I even started doing the cool thing with the peace. Okay, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the, of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, um, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the, with the Lord about this, and it should leave me. But he said to, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that po- that so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That is a perfect instance of praying, and then not that he, it doesn't say that Paul said, "Let your will be done," but ultimately God's will was done, and he's and he's like, "Oh, okay, that's that's even cooler." Like God being shown in my weakness. That I- Oh, go ahead, my fault. Go ahead. Oh, it's, uh, I was just trying to explain that scripture. So, like, Paul had something, he described it as a thorn in his side, but it's something that he could never overcome or that was always there. So, that thorn was a weakness or something, he didn't tell us what, but it was something that he constantly had to rely on God mm-hmm. to. So, from the world's perspective or his perspective, you know, he's praying for this thing to go away. It's not going away, but God's will is working. So maybe God had to leave that thorn so he would constantly rely on God. You know, exactly. it's God's will. That's the theme of it. Yes. So that was just the main point. Like whenever we feel like prayers aren't getting answered or certain things aren't happening our way. Well, God is working for all people. So in our little world, it might not look like it's the best thing for us, but ultimately, a lot of times it will be the best thing for him and for his people. And just overall, it, it, I'm sure it allowed Paul just to be like, okay, well now I have to even more just rely upon God and let him, my weakness be, God, be the strength. Because it shows, in your weakness, it's shown that God is so strong because... For instance, if you're dealing with a huge injury, and uh, someone's like, "Hey, what's you know? How are you with that injury?" And you know, we could act, "Oh, I'm I'm bummed. I'm you know, it stinks, and it does stink. I dealt with it recently. You know, oh, it, but if you can say, you know what, it's been an amazing time. I'm growing with the Lord. Um, it's just forced my reliance on Him. That can be so powerful to the other person." And them seeing that because it's like, oh, God's so much more powerful than our circumstances, than something else that's going on in our own life. That the whoever's inside of him, the God that is inside of him, the God that is in his mind, the God that is in his heart, is more powerful than something that can have have happen to his body, regardless. And it can be done even for the betterment of God. So. Yeah, I mean, a worldly example of that, to further your point, would be Nick Foles. I remember watching Nick Foles, you know, the famous Philly Special, won the Super Super Bowl for the Eagles. Then he goes to the Jaguars, right? He's supposed to be the stud of the Jaguars, take them back to the promised land, right? Take them to the Super Bowl. Gets hurt week three, right? 
So he gets hurt week three. Then Gardner Minshew, the the mustache mullet legend, right? You seen that guy? No, oh, yeah. He's uh, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy, right? He comes in and turns out to be a stud. Nick Foles doesn't play, right? Nick Foles in an interview comes in, and you know in Philly, even before he came in to win the Super Bowl, he got benched as well. You know, he came on there and said, you know, all these circumstances that were going against him. You know, he got hurt. You know, all these highs and lows. He went from winning the Super Bowl to getting benched by a rookie. He said the only, his hope only relies in Jesus. Like, his hope is not in his circumstances. And if y'all y'all go look up that interview or that uh, press conference, whatever, it's really powerful, and it, it, it really paints the picture that Braden just talked about. So, Yeah, that is really cool. Um, do you have a debate topic, or you don't? I really don't. I was thinking about it when we were just it's talking. All, but. It's not all good, man. Um, well, I guess we should... If you have nothing else, just... I have nothing else. Um, well, shout out my boy RJ Cruz. You know I'm wearing the crossover uh, exotics hat, and you don't even know I'm gonna shout him out. This is not a paid sponsorship. If y'all are wondering, this is just out of my kind heart. You know, shout out RJ Cruz, right? Um, you know, thank y'all for listening today. We're you know, excited to continue to bring these messages and these podcasts to y'all. Um, continue to you know to support us. Um, we ask for your support continue to pray for us that we can have the strength to do these things and we just ask y'all to hit us up if y'all want us to talk about anything specific anything y'all want to hear if y'all need you know encouragement in any way y'all want to you know whatever just hit us up uh, we'll be more than happy to talk with y'all absolutely with that being yeah let us know if anything we need to pray for y'all about so always room on my prayer list for anything. My so. prayer list runs deep, my boy. <laughs> uh, with, uh, <laughs> with that being said, we'll see y'all. God bless y'all.